Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sackbun Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. How's it going, everyone? I want to yawn so badly right now. It is, um, it's just after 10 o'clock at night, um, and it's not unusual for me to sit and record podcasts at night. Um, what is unusual is that I am, like, suddenly overcome with absolute tiredness. Uh, but if you have followed along on Instagram the last couple of days, which you can at Sock Fun Studios, you would know that I have been going through the absolute worst neck pain uh, that I've ever experienced in my whole life. We think it was stemming from my TMJ issues um, that the chiropractor had, honest to God, like I felt like magically fixed me okay, two weeks ago now. Um, and then I went to bed Friday morning around 1am. And when I woke up around 830, could not move my neck and my jaw was throbbing. It was terrible. Uh, cried. I, I was in so much pain. So over the weekend, I sat and did absolutely nothing, which is like honestly what my body needed. Uh, sat with a heating pad on my neck and my upper back with a pain patches on taking Tylenol around the clock, basically, and caught up on 10 Hallmark movies that I did not watch last year. As we know, I'd started down my watching all the Hallmark movies and reviewing them again, and then the number one fan contest did not exactly go according to plan at all, and I was just in a super funky mood at the time. Didn't really know how I felt about the channel or, you know, wanting to promote them or, you know, talk about them at all. Um, and I didn't watch any of the movies. I recorded a lot of them because it was like I wanted to watch them, but I just also had absolutely zero interest in watching them. So, you know, when you're laid up and you literally almost figuratively cannot move your neck at all. Um, there's not a lot that you can do. So I sat and I watched, I caught up on 10 Hallmark movies from last year. So I thought, hey, let's recap them. Um, yeah, like, because you guys might have already seen them. And maybe you're just like, oh, yeah, let's see what Sarah's review was. Or maybe you also missed them because I wasn't telling you to watch them last year. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's dive into the movies. They are not going to be in any particular order. Like at this point, I don't know really where they were in the lineup of the year. Um, but yeah, and and I think only one was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, but I think the rest all come from regular Hallmark Channel. And I'm going to try really hard not to yawn. Um, I'm just going to do this as long as my neck doesn't hurt after four days. Um, okay, what, so yeah, so it happened Friday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, what's today? Today's Tuesday? Okay, after five days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> after five days, um, with the new added muscle relaxer and ultra pain medicine that I got from my doctor yesterday, uh, I'm almost there. I would say I'm like 90%. Um, what I find super ironic is just that like I just recorded a podcast about like how I have, you know, hadn't been in a lot of pain and how 
being on the other side of low-level chronic pain really showed me, like, everything I'd actually gone through. And it was so great. It lasted a week. Yeah. I got, like, I got, like, a solid week out of that. And, yeah. Now, and, you know, then there I was. And then I was crying in the chiropractor's office Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. And I'm like, I've never been in so much pain in my whole entire life. Please help me. Um... Yeah, and he cracked my... He did this weird thing, guys. I wish I had recorded the chiropractor visit. Like, I really just wish I had just audio. At least, if you had heard the sounds, like, and how loud my jaw popped. He said it just slipped and it was pulling out a muscle. That's beside the point. Um, Or at least that's what we think was what the whole cause of it was um my jaw doesn't hurt anymore thank god um but yeah no my neck my neck still hurts a little bit I'm just recording this podcast and I I can't decide if I'm gonna take another muscle relaxer tonight or not I'm trying really hard not to like I don't want to get used to taking those things but um yeah I just think it's so ironic and here I was just being like yay I'm not in any pain my neck has like, I don't have any neck pain. Hasn't hurt in a week. And, like, this is so great. And then, boom. Back at it. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one day. Maybe after this experience, we can get back on track. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to the Hallmark movies. All right, let's kick this off with Romance and Style, which stars J.C. Elliott, Benjamin Hollingsworth, and Candace Huffin, Huffin, Huffin. Um, it's actually next on. Just deciding when I'm going to release this podcast. Uh, anyway, what's today? Today is Valentine's Day, right? The 14th. Anyway, so it's on the 18th. I don't know if you're going to hear this before or after. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but I'm sure it'll be on. A little bit frequently right now because they've been putting this on in conjunction with the Love You Airy movies. Um, this is a must watch for me. I marked it as a favorite. It says Ella's unique designs inspire publishing mogul Derek to include plus size fashion in his magazine. It's not long before Derek realizes that Ella's influence reaches far beyond the catwalk. This has 474 reviews in the app. Let's just see. Great movie. JC always brings the style. Way to go, Hallmark. I want a sequel. Great movie. Real people. Five stars. Excellent movie. Perfect. The High Road. Five stars. Loved it. Made me smile. Love. Uh, oh. Okay. This one reads... Oh, my God. Wrote a whole bunch. Insulting. I have been bothered by this movie since I watched it months ago. I finally decided to write a review after watching a Christmas movie on another network with an actual plus-size actress, which was everything Hallmark should have been. I had high hopes for romance and style, but was let down in every way. First of all, just because an actress is not a size 2, it does not automatically make her plus-size. J.C. Elliott most certainly is not. That fatal flaw aside, this movie which professed to have a theme of body positivity did not fit the bill. Plus-size women do not bring up their size, difficulty finding clothes and comparisons to smaller women in every conversation they have. It came off as extremely whiny and bitter. And for a woman 
who was so overconfident that she overstepped in every professional situation possible, the lead character shrank and became insecure the moment an attractive man showed interest toward her in a he-couldn't-possibly-want-to-be-with-someone-as-fat-as-me kind of way. This further destroyed any credibility of the character in the movie overall. I know Hallmark has several actresses on the radar who are actually plus size. They have played co-workers and best friends in their movies, much like actresses of color did only a few years ago, where the other network's movie succeeded over romance and style was by not only using an actual plus-size actress, but by not addressing her size at all. She was successful and confident in herself. She was the one who had left the attractive guy years before, and he wanted her back. No whining, no insecurity. She was just a woman with a man who wanted her for her. This is how it's done. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay, let's take some points from that. So, Ella, first of all, I want to say... I this feels like it was a book. I didn't see anything saying that it was based off of a book, but um, it's it's reminiscent of me of Julie Murphy's "If the Shoe Fits" and like an Olivia Dade book without definitely more like "If the Shoe Fits." Um, Olivia Dade definitely without all of the spice because I mean it's Hallmark. Um. And, you know, maybe that could have been because her name's Ella and they do, they're kind of like, oh, wear your glass slippers and she wears this blue dress at the end. So, you know, sort of in the nod of Cinderella. I had never heard of Ben Hollingsworth before this movie. We're going to talk about him back in back-to-back movies here. Um, I was obsessed with his character. Like, holy crap. But anyway, so a couple of points. One, I remember when I saw this movie... I talked about this on the podcast saying I actually really did want to watch this movie because I couldn't wait to see an actress who wasn't a size two. And I'm like, I hate, I hate even calling her like full figured and stuff because she's like, JC Elliott is just a normal size. Like she, she's like, like she's just a normal size. Like I'm a size four, six. And even I feel like when I see a lot of Hallmark girls on there and just like oh man everyone's so skinny and like I'm technically I guess compare like comparatively skinny compared to other but like I'm like I see myself in this character role so in a way I do sort of understand this where this woman's coming from saying that it's kind of insulting because JC Elliott's not plus size she's just a regular just a regular woman, like with a regular size body. Um, so I get that. Her diminishing herself. Yeah. Like he could never want me. Okay. I get that. I understand that. And I also, I get her point about Ella bringing up size and everything, you know, like that's not something because I've asked this before when I read, when I've read certain books, like the makeup test by Jenny Howe, where I just had a really hard time identifying at all with the main character because she was plus size. And like every other page was bringing up how she was a bigger woman and like the man she was in love with was like this skinny buff guy. And I'm like, is that like, do you really think about it all the time? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm I'm not in that situation, so I'm not sure if this is accurate or not. Um, 
but what I'll say is it fits with this movie because the look, which is the um magazine, they're doing a digital edition, and that's what he's taking over um to sort of prove to his father that he can handle the company overall. Um they're all about, you know, the skinny size zero, size double zero, size two, six foot tall models. So her point is just, hey, the average size of women in America now is a size 16. I think it's what she says. Um, and she's like, but do you know how much of the fashion world this includes? And she had this story about how she used to go shopping with her mom and then her mom would say, oh, they don't have it in your color. But she was like, I... It took me a long time to realize it's not that the stores didn't have it in my color. They didn't have it in my size. Uh, so her point of bringing it up when they're in conversation is just kind of like, hey, this is important. And if you actually want to make a difference in the fashion world and make a name for yourself, you should be focusing on showing fuller figure women and not the typical Kate Moss um. Naomi, I can't think of her last name. Oh, man. Well, that just shows me off for being an elder millennial here. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, like the, the super skinny girls. And there are a couple of lines, though, like Ben Hollingsworth. I don't know. Travis Van Winkle, you got some competition, my guy. Um... They gave him some fantastic lines. Um, at one point, he says, or she says, well, welcome to the inside of my mind. And he says, it's my favorite place to be. <sighs> I have to be very careful about, like, <laughs> whipping my head back right now because of my neck. Uh, obsessed. And then he looks at her later in her dress that she sewed herself. And he says, you in that dress deserve to be seen. Like, that's where I'm like, this feels like it was a book. This definitely feels like this was a book because that feels like a line you would read in a book. And then at the very end, when they make up at the end, he, um, like, they kiss and he's like, okay, this is your fashion shoot. Now, and he, and she's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you. Now go show him who's boss. Clutching my non-existent pearls right now, I loved this movie. And I felt like I knew I was going to love it last year. And then I just didn't get around to watching it. Highly, highly, highly recommend this. I marked it as a favorite. I want to watch it again. Like I kept it on the recording. Um, I loved it. I would own this movie. Loved. Okay, moving along. Welcome to Mama's uh, was the next movie. It stars Melanie Scrofano. Oh, God. I should have looked up these names. <laughs> Scro I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel D. Tommaso and Lorraine Bracco. Do you know, it took me forever to realize that Lorraine Bracco is the wife in Goodfellas. I always forget that. I love Goodfellas. I watched it at a very inappropriately young age. Oh, me and Mafia movies go way back. Um, This one reads, After she inherits an Italian restaurant in Brooklyn, manager Amy teams up with a master chef to relaunch the establishment and make it her loved ones proud. I liked this movie. 
I remember also wanting to watch this movie as well um, and just didn't get around to it. This has 93 reviews. Uh, this says, this was a wonderful movie. The chemistry was wonderful. Grazie, Hallmark, meh. Loved it a lot. But I liked it, I think. A favorite, nope. Give it a chance. Different in a good way. So sweet. Love this movie. Welcome to, what's a snore emoji? Mamas. Um, hmm, it was all right. Lackluster. I was hoping for more. Snooze fest. Needs more mama. Okay. The other reviews seem to be a little mixed. I overall enjoyed this movie. I think it's a movie that you have to watch all the way through to really get to the heart of it at the end. Because for like at least half of the movie, I really, really disliked Frank played by Daniel DiTomaso. So, um, Mama, played by Lorraine Bracco, obviously, there's, there's all of these flashbacks as well to her and her husband, which we just call him Papa, and he is not featured in the cast here, but my mom said he was, like, he played someone in The Sopranos. Um, Lorraine Bracco was in The Sopranos, too, wasn't it? No, she wasn't. I, it was Edie. Um, anyway... So Mama and Papa, they moved from Italy to New York, and it was always her dream to have a restaurant, and then she ends up getting to open one, and it's withstood the test of time, made it through all of these generations. They did not have any children, which is not addressed at all, but Amy is very much like a surrogate daughter to them. She grew up within the restaurant. She worked there. She learned a lot from Mama. And then she went on to work at a different restaurant because she wanted to keep moving up in the restaurant world. She's trying to get a hold of Mama. She finds out that she's unfortunately passed away. And when she comes in for the will reading, she meets Frank, who is currently the head chef of Mama's, became the head chef after Amy had left, and find out that Mama's is going to Amy for sole ownership, but Mama had written in there that she wants Frank to remain the head chef. Frank has just recently gotten a bad review, 5 out of 10 Forks review from the New York Times for his new infusion menu at Mama's, which Amy does not know about for most of the movie. And at first he is very headstrong. He's like, I want to keep my menu. I don't like, why would we want to take it back to Mama's Originals and all of this? And to me, it was very much a <laughs> insecure man who felt like he hadn't done anything in life. And so his one thing, like, he needed to have a menu that worked of his things to prove that he was a good chef, basically, is the vibe that I was getting from that. And Amy just wants to take it back because she and mama had a falling out. And since they never actually really got to make up for it, she, you know, is trying to do it, you know, at this point. Um, the fallout between mama and Amy was a little like <laughs> the way that I, the way I can bring up this book at any point in time. I feel like you guys know exactly what I'm about to say. It felt a little people we meet on vacation. <laughs> It felt a little like you expect this 
like big thing. And then what it really comes down to is she, Amy tried to open up the rooftop terrace, which Papa had, you know, like put up a fountain and, and basically just made like this special place for he and mama. And it overlooks the New York skyline. So I think, I actually think the restaurant's in New Jersey personally. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, or, or, you know, it's not like in downtown, uh, Manhattan, I guess I should say. Um, so like she wanted to open that up to add more seating and mama's like, no, this is not a place I want to share. This was for me and Papa put everything back. Like that was basically it. And you're just kind of like, and that's why you guys didn't speak all the way until she died. Or like they kind of spoke, but not really. They didn't really like didn't see each other again. So in the end, she had had this recipe or like the notebook, which mama had handwritten all of the recipes in with photos and everything. And, and my mom are like, oh, one of them's going to leave the recipe book. You know, it's going to get lost. But we're like, that doesn't happen. Uh, Frank gets really hurt uh, when she changes the menu last minute um, to just the originals because she's just found out about the review. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't trust this other review because like we're reopening. We're starting this all over again. And, you know, we need a menu that works. Um... So, anyway, like, it was a cute movie, but it it was really a trust the process. Like, you really had to get all the way to the very end of it um, to kind of redeem Frank. Because, yeah, throughout most of the movie, he just is not very forthcoming. And, like, he's so gung-ho about wanting to keep this menu, which sucked, that you're like, why... Why? Why are you the way that you are? Uh, but anyway, no, the recipe book. So, like, at the very end of the movie, she gets to this, and it's a recipe that Mama has in there, and she says, Amy's favorite. And then she finds this letter that Mama had written her, and um, that's when she's like, oh, I was trying to take it back, but, you know, that's not what Mama would have wanted. She would have wanted it to be... um you know, like she wanted it to keep moving forward. And that's why she trusted Frank because she finds uh, Frank's tiramisu recipe uh, in there as well that mama had written in. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously they end up together and now they're going to be co-owners of the restaurant and everything. And, and like I said, I thought it was a cute movie. Um, Definitely was a trust the process. But what I appreciate is I, because, you know, once you watch so many of these movies, you try to suss out what's going to happen, you know, to get to the end. And absolutely none of that happened. So I appreciate the fact that like it didn't go the way that like a cookie cutter way that I thought it would. A Splash of Love. This is another Benjamin Hollingsworth movie that he starred in with Brandon Fish. I I very, very vaguely remember seeing a commercial about this movie and I had no interest in watching it um, because it it seemed too much like another, um, like a movie they had literally just had on at the time. And I was just kind of like, man, they're just like really going hard on this idea. Um, anyway, it reads, a PhD student expands her studies to include the whales of the Pacific Northwest. There she meets a whale watching tour guide and they soon find themselves bonding over more than just orcas. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Like, it's actually a really good movie, but when you read that synopsis, you're just... <laughs> you're like, yep, that sounds like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even... About it. Uh, okay, 199 reviews. Now, I liked this movie. Let's see what the other reviews read. Disappointed. Over the top actress. Three cheers for the PNW. Just when you think you won't like a movie, five stars. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, the best. Good movie. Silly, yes, but cute and wonderful. A splash of romance. Whole bunch of whale emojis. Beautiful and heartwarming. Um, a splash, awesome, exciting, joyful, scenic, loved it, lead actress, horrible, nice setting, three, it looks like three and a half stars here, splash back, all right, beautiful scenery, cruddy writing, oh man, I haven't heard cruddy in a long time, Dana, uh, overall, I enjoyed this movie, and the acting was great, considering what they had to work with, shame on the writers, and shame on Hallmark for greenlining a script where attributes for the two female leads are so ridiculously poorly written. Even in the 1960s, this was inappropriate portrayal of a female scientist or business owner. If you can get past that, it's worth watching just to see the beautiful PNW. I'm thinking. I mean, we, we also must remember that I was watching these with muscle relaxers and in a fair bit amount of pain here, like a a nine on the pain scale. Um, I mean, I liked it. Cute movie, but horrible actress. Man, they're really reeling on Rhiannon and Fish here. Uh, let me say this. Cute story, but the lead female character was so klutzy and ditzy. The fact that she has spent the majority of her scientific career with marine life and doesn't know how to balance in a boat or acting all awkward was just so annoying. I feel like she would be a great actress for a Christmas movie, and that personality works well. But she didn't do the female lead any justice. Why can't a female scientist be confident instead of goofy and silly? She was unlikable. The lead male did a great job. Wish they would have wrote the female lead a little different. I would have liked it more. Okay. Okay. Hold on, I'm just reading one more. Uh, okay. Um, I understand. I get it. I get what they mean by that. I mean, yeah, if you're a PhD student working specifically with marine biology and studying orca whales, you would think that you would know how to balance in a boat. 100% understand that. Now, on the same hand, I'm also a klutzy person. I don't think that she was ditzy at all, but I do get the klutzy part. And I mean, you can be a great scientist, you know, in a research lab and, you know, you get out on the water and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I understand, I guess, what they're saying. And that's more that I mean, that's on the writing staff. This movie, again, Benjamin Hollingsworth, Travis. Travi. I don't know why I called you that. Um, you have people coming for you because I've said it before. I'll say it again. No one gets a better script than Travis Van Winkle in Hallmark movies, except Adventures in Babysitting. And I just, we just pretend that movie doesn't exist. That movie was terrible. Uh, like, well, okay. His role was great in that movie. Her role, I can't. 
I physic I physically can't. That was one of the worst things I've seen of all time. Um anyway, where was I? Travis, no one gets a better script than him. I mean, like the lines that he has, like ugh, I just I can't like I'm I think I'm waiting on someone to tell me to not go, like to stay and I wanna build anything with you. I like you are so beautiful. Can I kiss you? We just don't get lines like I mean it's just it's the perfect lines. Benjamin Hollingsworth, whoever wrote these scripts, they are they're trying to take the crown. So first we have him in romance and style where he's just like building up JC Elliott's character left, right, and center, where he's like, you in that dress deserve to be seen. It's my favorite place to be. When you know, like, welcome to the inside of my mind. It's my favorite place to be. And then, like, I love you too. Now go show him who's boss. Oh, we love, we stand. I'm just like, I'm obsessed. Here, he immediately meets, I think her name's Chloe. Let me double check. Yeah. And oh, and he plays Ben. Well, that's original. Um, so he immediately meets Chloe and he doesn't tell her that he runs a tour guide for the or to see the orcas. Well, just whale watching in general, I think, because they also see humpback whales at one point. I love a humpback whale. Like, that and dolphins. Like, those are my two sea animals. Um, Anyway, so he doesn't tell her that he has this tour guide and, or tour business, and she's, you know, telling him, like, oh, I'm studying this, and I'm gonna be here for a while because I'm working on my research, um, like working towards getting another grant, um, for my PhD studies. And, and he, the whole time he's like, oh, doctor, doctor. She's like, well, I'm not a doctor. And he's like, oh, you're going to be. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably bare minimum things. I just love it. So it just seems so rare. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, anyway, like he's helping her. And at one point she says, hold on, I wrote it in my notes app. Let me get to it. I'm going. I promise. Open. I had my time limit on. Uh, okay. Let me. Okay. He says, I inspired you. You've inspired me all week. Just hit my phone on my stand. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then... He tells her because she has this ridiculous boyfriend. I mean, it's like the typical, like, we never really, like, we only get a few very minimal interactions, but it's a terrible boyfriend. And so we just, you know, like, yeah, whatever. You shouldn't be with him anyway. Um, He shows up and he has, like, all of this money and everything. And she sends him away and everything. And she tells Ben, she's like, you know, I don't want this to end afterwards. She's like, we broke up. I told him to go back. Like, I didn't even want him here in the first place. And. I just, I don't want this to end. Like, I wish I could stay. He says, I, I literally wrote down the whole monologue. He wrote, um, oh, shoot, I, I touched something and it changed. Okay, here it is. Usually I keep to myself around here. Same schedule, same routine, same people. But you came here and changed all that. Holly, you changed everything. I never realized how amazing it would be to share all of this with someone until you. I can say it's been fun. But it's been more than fun. 
it's been incredible. I don't want it to end either. Like, okay, let's just hone in on the, um, I never realized how amazing it would be to share all of this with someone until you. I mean, that's a marriage proposal. That's a marriage proposal right there, ladies and gentlemen. Travis, they're coming for you. Like, I don't know what he's up to. You know, like, we could be friends, but we're not. Uh, his choice is fine. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I've seen some. He was traveling at some point. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know where the status lies and in if Travis will continue to ever do homework movies, but I'm just saying. Benjamin Hollingsworth is giving and I would be okay with more roles for him. Like if we're going to write his characters like this love, um, the scenery, beautiful, like the orcas, I mean, orcas freak me out. I personally wouldn't want to be around them, but like, so cool. Like loved that aspect to it. Um, felt a little, okay. Felt a little stem. Um, obviously it was stem. Sorry. Felt a little Allie Hazelwood stem romance. Very tame though. You know, another Hallmark tame stem romance here. Um, I would enjoy more. Thank you so much. I would enjoy more of those. It just, it really made me think of my free willy days. That's the extent of orcas that I ever really like to talk about is watching free willy as a child. And you know, after watching free willy and free willy Two you know, as a kid, I don't even know the last time I watched those movies. They'd probably make me cry now if I watched them again. Do they have those on Disney Plus? I don't even know if you can watch Free Willy anywhere. Anyway, um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie, but I, I do, I do sort of get the point where she's, she does overact a little bit. But I don't know. I, and I like Rain and Fish. And to be fair, she does work well in Christmas movies because she was in that FTV Christmas movie with Clayton James this year. <laughs> the one where he's unemployed. And I'm like, mm, why is he unemployed? <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah, that was her. I told you these weren't going to be in any specific order. We're actually going to jump to Big Sky River, which was the last movie that I caught up on. That was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Next on February 22nd. I didn't look to see if A Splash of Love was back on again anytime soon. Sorry about that. Uh, because talking about terrible boyfriends, we need to talk about this epidemic of Peter Benson playing the literal worst men. I'm just, okay. I'm sorry. We're going to, I'm going to go to IMTV. No, I didn't mean to hit ignore. I got my time limit on. That's the one downside to recording the podcast so late is that, uh, when I have time limits on everything. Okay. Peter Benson. <sighs> All right. In Big Sky River, plays a terrible ex-husband and father. I, I mean, like, insanely bad. Um, Just one kiss. I did. Oh, no, I did see part of this, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Who who does he play in here? Because I would very much like to watch that one again. He must not have been anyone really important because he played Mark. Okay, just one kiss. I need to add that on to like rewatch it because that one actually kind of threw me a little bit here. Um, okay, time for them to come home for Christmas. Oh, he played the voice of Ben Benet. Okay, never mind. He was in the Babysitter Club. 
on Netflix? Oh, I didn't know that. Sweet Carolina, he played Tony. That was with Tyler Hines and Lacey Chabert. Oh, was, I think that, yeah, she was dating him when her sister died and she took over the guardianship of her niece and nephew and he, she was dating him and he's like, I just don't really see myself doing that. Like, terrible. Okay, moving on. He was in Wedding Every Weekend. He played Colin. I don't know. Haven't seen that one all the way through. It's beginning to... Why is he in all these ones that I don't... He was Holiday Date. He played Glenn. Was that Brittany Bristow's boyfriend bef- Like that broke up with her? And then she- that's when she needed Matt Cohen? Uh, Love and Sunshine played Ben Morgan. Terrible. That was Danica McKellar and uh, Mark Declan. And he was Danica's ex. They used to work together uh, because she owns a nursery and he was the landscaper. And yeah, like he tried to get back together with her and everything. He was awful in that movie. Love Under the Rainbow. He played Kevin. That had, oh no, I thought it was Brendan Penny. Is David David Hayden Jones and Jody Sweeten. Um, who was he in that movie? I should probably... Anyway, this is going to get long already. Um, Where was the other one? Oh, Falling for Vermont. He played the terrible boyfriend for Julie Gonzalo. Um, She's the writer with Benjamin Ayers. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. And uh, she gets amnesia and he's her publicist slash boyfriend. And he's trying to find a terrible, terrible boyfriend in that one. Um, My favorite wedding... Jack. Oh, he might have been the groom in that movie. Walking the dog. Battle. Oh, I don't remember that one. Vaguely remember that one. Where's the where's the one? Christmas list. Is it Christmas list? And then isn't there wasn't he in another? Maybe not. Maybe it was just Christmas list that he's in. With, um, um, Alicia Witt, also terrible boyfriend, Brett. She, like, she wants to, she owns an antique shop and, no, isn't that the one where she owns, I'm pretty sure she owns the antique shop, but then she goes away for Christmas and she wants to do all of these Christmas things and he comes in and sells it like (laughs) from under her. Basically, he's like, oh, I did this for us, though. And you're like, what? It was like a family shop, everything. What? Or is was that her movie in? Not that one. Where the heck is it? She's in so many Very Merry Mix-Up. Who's the guy in Very Merry Mix-Up? That might have been the Very Merry Mix-Up. Anyway, I just remember that he was a bad boyfriend that one too. So anyway, Peter Benson, terrible, terrible boyfriend, terrible ex. I need to discuss it. I really, like, I just want to talk to him. I just, I really want to know, why does he always play the terrible men? Why? It's... Like, I think he's probably a cool guy. How does he get roped into every... It's like the Hallmark writing room goes, oh, 
we need a bad boyfriend. Hey, someone call up Peter Benson. Get him on the line. We need him. Like, does he just enjoy playing the the douchebags out there? I don't know. Anyway, this one had him as well. Also, uh, I didn't look up her last name. Uh, Emmanuel Vogier and Kevin Smith. I love Kevin Smith. Personally, and she's gorgeous. She's stunning. I wish he did more things with Pascal Hutton because uh, I love them together. Tara needs to go back to Parable, Montana, the place that made her the happiest in order to move forward after a messy divorce. Her handsome neighbor presents an unexpected twist. So he plays Boone. She plays Tara. She has gotten a divorce from Peter Vincent's character. And he has a daughter from his first marriage. His wife had passed away when Aaron was a baby. And so Tara is the only mother that this child has known. And she's like... How old was she? 12, 13, something, 11, 12, 13, and within that range. And um, so they get this divorce and it starts off and she's like, you know, mom, can you do this? And she's like, oh, you know, dad's, your father's asked you to stop calling me mom and all of this because he's dating someone. Can you imagine the audacity it would take for someone like to... Okay, your biological mother passes away as a baby. You remarry. You grow up. This is the only mother that you know. They get a divorce. And then your dad's like, stop calling her mom. The audacity of this man. Anyway, so Tara's like, look, I'm spending the summer in Montana. You're going to have a great time with your father and his new girlfriend, Bethany, that we never meet. Um, and, you know, but like, I'll always be here by phone, all this, which that would absolutely break my heart. Like, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Anyway, so she goes to Montana. She immediately meets Boone. It's her next door neighbor. He's also a police sheriff, policeman, whatever. Um, and he has two sons, his wife passed away a few years before that and they just they hit it off right away and they're doing all of these things Aaron ends up coming to her because he calls and he's like hey so Bethany and I really need some time like together and she and Aaron aren't really getting along I again the audacity of this man. And so, uh, anyway, and then he's like, oh, well, we're getting married and I need her back on a plane to come back. And like, Aaron doesn't want to go and all of this, which finally Tara calls him and is like, look, she nearly drowned trying to run away because she didn't want to go back. She's staying here with me. And if you want her, you're going to have to come get her yourself. <laughs> finally. Thank you. I, the whole time I was like, I would be like, absolutely not. You're not getting this child back. Um, yeah. Anyway, obviously they end up deciding to stay in Montana and she and Boone have this relationship. What I love about Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movies is that it all, it's always a little deeper than just two people like ending, you know, deciding to be in a relationship. So like you're dealing with like basically like kind of like losing a child in a way for her. Um, and trying to restart her life or, like, figure everything out because she's a teacher in New York. And so, like, she thinks she's going back to New York. And then Boone's character really actually moving on post, 
you know, his wife passing away and he's raising his two sons and just them enveloping Tara into their community, into their family so seamlessly and just the overall relationship. I mean, think of that blended freaking family. I love it so much. Um, Yeah, loved this movie. Thought it was really super cute. Again, this one's on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And if you're like me, I know I've said this before too, and I'm still not sponsored. Uh, but if you don't get Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, I watch it through the Friendly TV app. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y TV. I love it. I, I'm so bad. Like I pay $7.99 a month for Friendly TV and I, like the previous years, pretty much exclusively just use it at Christmas time. But right now I've been using it to record and catch up on all the 2022 movies that I missed. So it works out really well. Um, yeah, but this one, again, is going to be Wednesday, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have not watched this one yet, highly recommend. Also really enjoy it. Didn't mark it as a favorite, but I did enjoy it. Now, moving on from that one, because this one also is out west. <laughs> definitely definitely different than the last one. Marry Me in Yosemite with Cindy Busby and Tyler Harlow. First of all, Tyler Harlow, where have you been all my life? I could use more of him. You know who he reminds me of? I have legitimately just lost his name. I'm so mad at myself. Thomas Bodine. It's, I think it's the voice. It's not the eyes because Thomas Bodine like, has these beautiful eyes. Um, but definitely the voice. Marry Me on Yosemite, Cindy Busby. New typecast role solidified. Cindy Busby is a photojournalist. <laughs> she was in that Chasing Waterfalls movie in 2021 with Christopher Russell. And now here she is in Yosemite. I mean, again, with the photos. Um... Yeah, cracked me up about that. Um, again, does Cindy Busby just get every single travel movie role? I mean, well, she did when she was on Hallmark Channel, and apparently she's not with Hallmark anymore because she did that, the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole entire life, Crown Prince of Christmas, over on GAC Family. Um, almost hard for me to look at her the same way after that one. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I just physically don't understand how you accept that role. I, I really don't. I, I <laughs> and when you do accept it and you show up on like you show up and day and like this is the way it was decorated i don't i don't know how you stay on set you know what i mean uh okay this says zoe a notable photojournalist visits yosemite landscapes made famous by ansel adams when she meets jack an intriguing tour guide he opens her eyes to new adventures as they embark on a journey 185 186 reviews um Okay, starts off with cringeworthy, two exclamation points by Stephanie Z. As a professional photographer, I cringe at movies where photography is the mainstay of the story, since most of the time it is written so poorly, but this was one of the worst I've seen with that respect, and honestly, I only made it to the first commercial break. Okay, well, Cindy's overacting is awful as... Okay, now how are you going to write a three-paragraph review when you didn't watch for more than 15 minutes? Okay. 
Uh, Sydney's overacting is awful. As a photographer, she doesn't know what a naturalist is. She's loud and obnoxious. If I were him fly fishing, I would have left too. Granted, we quickly learn he's into nature, but his blasting music at his house in the woods takes away from the being in nature aspect, don't you think? Oh, and the worst part yet, Yosemite doesn't have grizzly bears. Why, Hallmark, do you keep putting grizzlies where they don't belong? Okay, well, that makes me think that she watched more than the first 15 minutes because I'm pretty sure... There was a bear within the first 15 minutes. I mean, okay, Stephanie, I'm going to be real honest with you, okay? Bring it in. That's a movie on Hallmark. <laughs> okay, like, um, I don't know why we're being so serious about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, liked lead male Tyler. I love the scenery and I like the idea this was more about preserva- uh, preserving our... Supposed to be O U R, but A R E. Uh, natural resources. I thought that the lead character Tyler did a good job. I think centering around the Native Americans and keeping the off- that authentic would have made this a better movie. Um, liked it. Meh. Just okay. That's a no. Weak. Dry. Skip it. Nope. My favorite Busby movie. No, definitely not. Uh, so close. Um, Cindy Busby deserves an award. Um, Cindy Busby absolutely put this story on her back like a hiking backpack and carried it through the entire film. The main guy was so frustrating and aggressive and kind of just mean. Anyway, not attractive at at all, but Cindy just kept acting like he was reacting normally and kept on keeping on. The film was not good at all, but not because of her efforts. I wanted better for her character, but I left impressed with her abilities either way. Wow. Couldn't even finish it. I mean, okay. Again, I liked the movie. Um, it was it was a little love on the slopes meets chasing waterfalls for me. I'm not gonna lie. Didn't mark this as a favorite. I would give it a three and a half. It's a solid film for me. Uh, again, loved going to Yosemite. I mean, we just jumped. We were in. The Pacific Northwest with orcas. Then I was in Montana, Big Sky River. Now here we are at Yosemite. Like, I was sitting uh, all weekend, heating up my neck, icing it down, taking pain medicine, and just traveling without having to go anywhere. These are the two points that I would like to point out specifically about this movie. Uh, One... So they come to this point where they're having this conversation and she's like, so Sage, Sage, Psy, so cause, cause, cause says that you're a confirmed bachelor. Like you just don't want a relationship. Like inquiring minds want to know. Like Cindy just say it's you. <laughs> it's you. Um, well, first they're talking and he says, uh, again, this felt like it came from a book. He says, now I'm seeing the park through your eyes as art. And I love it. Excuse me. I would perish on the spot. Okay. But anyway, so they're talking about him being single. And he's like, well, you know how, like, I am a naturalist. And so I love Yosemite for all of the little things. Well, that's what I would fall in love with. This is what he says. I wrote the whole thing down. Yes, I did. I know. I wrote the whole thing down because I want you to remember this. 
He says, if I ever do fall in love, it'll be because of the little things. Do her eyes sparkle when she laughs? And does her smile touch my soul? <laughs> like, I'm going to stop you right there. What? Um, what sounds does she make when she's sleeping? And how does she react to a sunrise over a mountain ridge or when the alpine glow washes over Half Dome? What brings her joy and how does she accept sadness? What does she see that I don't see? And when I wake up next to her in the morning, am I excited to share a new day with her? Is there this unspoken look between us that says, yes, the world is a better place because we're in it together? It'll be like that in the little details. Okay, now my boss, um, he would say, men don't say these things. <laughs> when I, we, I will never forget sitting outside with my bosses having dinner one night and we're talking about Hallmark movies. And again, we're going to bring up Travis here with Christmas Getaway. And I'm like, this is the best line. I was like, there is a line in Christmas Getaway. It's like the best line. Like if you had to say one thing to me, one thing, and I'm like, I'm in. Like, yes, I will marry you on the spot. It would be, do you know what would make me very happy right now? I mean, you guys already knew the line. Do you know what would make me very happy right now? Going home making tea, working on our gingerbread house. <laughs> My boss is like, men don't say that. I'm like, that's not the point. The point is men should be saying this. <laughs> I'm like, that's the line. Like sometimes when I watch Jason Bourne, I know these are very weird comparisons. Sometimes when I watch Jason Bourne, I think if Jason Bourne, if Matt Damon, Jason Bourne came to me and said, I don't remember anything going on. I woke up with a bullet wound in my chest. I think someone's trying to kill me. And I don't know who I am, but I know six ways to kill all of these people in here. <laughs> Everything. And I need you to drive me here. I'll give you, what, what does he give? 20 grand? But I was like, will you do it? Every time I would say yes. Every time. So I'm like, if there was that one line that you would say to me that I'd be just like, yes, let's get married on the spot. It's like, do you know what would make me very happy right now? Going home, making tea, working on our gingerbread house. Something about the, like, this little monologue from him. Like, let's just, let's parse it down here. And this is why I say, if more men read romance books, watched Hallmark movies, and went to therapy, we'd all be in a better place. The men would be happier, the women would be happier, because the men would be making us happy, and the world would be a happier place. You know, it, the, it's sound logic. It's science. And you can't argue with science. The math, math's here. Um, okay, so let's break it down here. It'll be because of the little things. Do her eyes sparkle when she laughs? And does her smile touch my soul? <laughs> oh my god, you're a poet. Um, what sounds does she make when she's sleeping? And how does she react to a sunrise over a mountain ridge or when the alpine glow washes over Half Dome? Which are, you know, hiking things and at Yosemite, which is what he loves. So it's like, how does she react to these things? What brings her joy and how does she accept sadness? I just, I love that. How does she accept sadness? Um, what does she see that I don't see? And when I wake up next to her in the morning, am I excited to share a new day with her? 
Is there this unspoken look between us that says, yes, the world is a better place because we're in it together? That's a good, those are good lines. And I'll never forget, I, there's a book. It's about a Navy SEAL. Do you guys enjoy these reviews when I just pull out about 17 different <laughs> comparisons? Um, anyway, it's about this Navy SEAL. Uh, he's the commander and one of the guys in his platoon gets hurt. And so that guy's mother and sister come out and then the commander ends up falling for the sister and uh like while the brother while her brother is in a coma and uh like they end up falling for each other and then he says something and she's like you should just know women don't want lines they want actions and that that is always stuck with me like women don't want lines like we we don't want to just be fed a line we we want to see your intention and we want to know that it's real behind it. But like, what a line. Does her smile touch my soul? What a line. Like, and like, but now I'm seeing the park through your eyes as art and I love it. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. So anyway, again, I enjoyed this movie. Um, yeah. Gave it a three and a half stars. I mean, would I purposefully watch it again? Maybe not. Only because the ending. So obviously they get married at the end, obviously. Um, okay, no. And I do also, this, this review is going especially long. But um, I do have to say that this is just about the one time where you have a journalist and with a cool boss that isn't trying to blackmail you, which doesn't put out your story without telling you about it ahead of time because, you know, oh, I know what's better for you, all of this. Like, her boss, totally in the whole time. He's totally chill with everything. He's like, hey, just want to remind you of your deadline. How's it going? Love the photos you're sending. How's your storyline going? Can't wait to read what you see. Love that. We love that. Um, Didn't have really major drama, which I also appreciate. Um, And then they get married. Where they fail, and I don't even call this a nitpick, this is like a true miscarriage to the writing team, they didn't bring up that monologue again. Because like one of the things is she wants to get a picture of Half Dome that no one's ever gotten before. So it's like, well, here, here you go. Here's part of your line. Like, you know, how does she react? Is Sunrise at Half Dome? Like, and they, they're sleeping in sleeping bags and tents next to each other. Like, you're like, I know the sound you make when you sleep. Like, none of that's there. And it's like, I, because he could have been like, I know, I know the sounds that you make in your sleep. And, you know, the look on your face at sunrise at Mount uh, Half Dome and like your smile touches my soul. And when I look at you, I just know that the world's a better place because we're in it. Like, we needed to wrap around. We need to wrap back around to that monologue. So, so that's, that's a, that's a detractor for me, but otherwise loved it. Um, also loved that they dive into the hard topic of like white people didn't find Yosemite. The Native Americans found it first and they talk about the, um, the tribes that were there and yeah, everything about that. Love that. 
actually we could have talked about that more also would have enjoyed that more but um but no i i enjoyed this movie and i feel like people were kind of really critical about it like give me this over love at glacier national you know what i mean okay moving on to not an outdoor movie a tale of love that was another movie that i caught up on absolutely no idea i i really don't even remember ever hearing about this one. I'm, I'm honestly trying to rack my brain right now. Uh, this one starred Brittany Bristow and Chris McNally. It says, Bella learns her dog rescues features in question when they lose funding from their main sponsor, a dog food company that's being sold. The late owner's son, JR, is a soldier who is home on leave to handle the sale. So one, I want to say, this is very love and sunshine. Not... <sighs> Not necessarily the whole premise behind everything, but dogs falling in love because of one specific dog, the military aspect, having to go back at the end, all of that very Love and Sunshine. And I love Love and Sunshine with Danica McKellar and Mark Declan, one of my non-Christmas favorites. Um, But... While it had a lot of the same little aspects, it was still very different. And I love Brittany Bristow and I like Chris McNally. I didn't think I was going to like this one, to be honest. Like being outright completely honest, I just thought this was going to be kind of like a throwaway movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Four and a half out of five stars for me. Uh, the the thing that would have made it five stars, the ending wrapped up way too nicely. And <laughs> I know, I, I know. Um plus sides pros to this was that they there wasn't some big drama like because there's she's led to believe because of this horrible woman who's buying the dog food company um leads her to believe that she and jr are going to be working together and obviously bella and jr have a past and now here they are again and they're falling back in love again and all this but Bella doesn't fall for the bait necessarily. Like, she does say at one point, like, one, this is towards the end. And you're like, oh, my God. Um, but she doesn't, like, go to JR and be like, you know, how could you do this? And I thought you really cared about the animals and all that. She doesn't do any of that. She just says, oh, you know, I know that's really going to upset your business partner. He's like, my business partner. And she's like, oh, yeah, whatever that woman's name was. And he's like, uh, no. So, so I appreciate that. But where I was just kind of, one, they say that he's stationed in Belgium with the army and he has to go back. Like they called him back up to go to Iraq. We're not even there anymore. And this movie aired last year when we also weren't even there. So, that just, <laughs> and I'm not saying that the movie necessarily had to take place in the 2022 time frame, but like, one, that's just, you know, not a thing now. But two, then he's like, oh, I, um, like, I'm not going to Iraq, actually, and I'm just transferring to, a, our, the, to the Army Reserves. I don't think that's how that works. And now I don't know for a fact, and this is when I wish that I still 
that my cousin was still alive because one, I would just love to have his opinion on all of these Hallmark movies. I mean, I know what his opinion would be over all of all of them, but um, like this is where I really wish that I had Tommy's um, commentary on this because I'm sure it well it would be four letter word filled. But um, he was and he was a Marine and like I grew up being a civilian on an Air Force base. My mom retired from the Air Force after. Well, I don't know, a long, how, how many years was it? 30, 40 years? I don't know. It was some ridiculously long time. Um, but that's, I don't think that's genuinely how that works. I don't think that you are called back up to active duty and then you're like, actually, I don't want to go. So I'm just going to become a reserve. That's, I don't think that's how that works. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think that's how that works. And also, people that are stationed in Belgium also are not usually the first ones called up to go to Afghanistan or Iraq. But I digress. You know, it's not that I watch these movies for complete historical or not even historically, but like, what's the word I'm like? Just like accuracy. I don't watch these movies for complete life accuracy. But um, it just, it wrapped up a little too nicely, if that makes sense. And also her whole thing about oh, I could really fall for you again, and I can't do that because you're going to Iraq. That That's a, like, I mean, it's good that she's being honest, I guess, with herself and with him, but also that's like a little selfish. I'm not going to lie, but also I come from a very big military family, so I can't also imagine, I don't know, being in love with someone and being like, oh, but I'm not going to be with you because you're going to war. I don't know. It, that just, that seemed a little weird to me. So that's where it gets a four and a half instead of a perfect five. Uh, 111 comments really quick. Let's just see here. Loved it. Loved it. Endearing. Nine out of 10. Um, okay. Heartwarming. So cute. Loved. Five stars. Excellent movie. Just Paul fact. Sweet and charming. Heartwarming and sweet. Love this movie. Uh, one of my favorites. Five stars. Favorite for me. Wasn't sure, but liked it. Two Paul's up. Sweet story. Love the story. Yeah. So so this one, at least, we're all clear in the comment section and to my section that this this was a cute movie. Now, completely just flipping to a completely different kind of movie for Hallmark, Dating the Delaney's. This one, I feel like I sort of remember seeing a preview for on TV, um, but it's I did not really have the compulsion at the time to watch it. Stars Rachel Boston. Paul Campbell, those are the only two on the app. And I, I again, I want to say, Hallmark, you know there's more people in this movie. There, It focuses on three generations of Delaney women. How are you only going to have two people in the cast section? Does it kill you to put the actual cast that's actually important in this movie in your app? I mean, for real. What are we doing here? Anyway, also had Karen Kruper, or as I like to call her, Aunt Lorraine from A December Bride. Uh, she played the mother. And then um, uh, Zoe Christie played Emma, which is Rachel Boston's character Maggie's daughter, Emma. Um, and also Casey Manderson. He was the brother in A December Bride. I was like, oh my gosh. Hey, look at that. We have a little December Bride going on here. It reads, three generations of Delaney women explore the highs and lows of modern day dating, learning that love and romance can be found at any age and sometimes where you least expect it. I super adored this movie. One, I love the whole three generation aspect. So it starts with the mother. What was her name again? 
Barb. <laughs> Starts with Barb um, having, okay, what was his name again? Rick, played by Barry uh, Levy, um, doing housework at Maggie's, uh, yard work at Maggie's house. And Maggie's like, what is going on? She's like, oh, I met Rick. He's super nice. He does yard work and your yard needs work. Oh, look, he's getting finished up. I'm going to go take him some, you know, something to eat, blah, blah, blah. And Barb the husband had passed away. And so Maggie tells her, look, of course I would be happy for you. Like, yes, it's going to take a, a little bit for me to get used to, you know, because he's not dad. But yeah, you know, yes, I want you to be happy. Like, you're still young and, and you know, you should be happy in all of this. Love. Love that mother-daughter relationship. Love. Her daughter, Emma, is crushing on this boy, Zach, at her school. She's a teenager. And she gets asked out on a date by Zach. So Maggie's like, oh, look at that. My mom's got a date. My daughter's got a date. And like, here I am. Her ex-husband, swear to God, probably should have been played by Peter Benson. I don't even know. Um, is in and out of the picture. He's just very, he's the businessman busy with business work. Um, so Maggie gets talked into setting up an online dating profile. But she's like, I just, I don't even know how to date anymore. Like, how do I do this? So her, both of her kids go to the same school as Paul Campbell's character, Michael, uh, Michael's son. And so, and she and Michael are friends. And so they kind of start talking and she's like, yeah, but like, I don't even know how to do dating. He's like, well, you know, neither do I. Let's go on a practice date, basically. Her friend that she owns a bakery and her friend that works with her, she's like, there's nothing, there, there's no such thing as a practice date. Like, you guys are going on a date. They hit it off. They have a great time. So then he says, like, hey, you know, like the next day, he's like, hey, you know, that was a lot of fun. If you ever want to practice again, she's like, oh, nope, I'm good. Like, set up the dating profile, blah, blah, blah. Girl, Maggie, bring it in. What are you doing? What are you doing? So uh, anyway, Michael's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. She goes on like a speed dating thing. Awful. I think it's the speed dating thing or no, it was a first date, a blind date. That's what it was. It was a blind date set up from her mother. It was terrible. The, a waiter comes over at one point, like, because he gets up to go to the bathroom and the waiter's like, leave now. We all know this is a blind date. He goes, leave. I'll make up an excuse. Do you have kids? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll say something. Came up. Go. <laughs> so she ends up calling Michael and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I just got back and this blind date was terrible and I'm so hungry now. She's like, I'm really craving Chinese. She names the specific Chinese place. And he's like, oh, have you ever had these, these uh, dumplings, whatever. And she's like, oh, no, but you know, maybe I should. And he's like, oh, well, you know, like, maybe we should FaceTime, um, like, you know, to distract you or something like that from being hungry. So they FaceTime, they're playing this game because he's, well, he's not PR. Or he works with PR or something. Or, like, he helps people market themselves, I think, is what uh, that's what I'm going to say it is. And um, so they're running through some things because she gets put up for this um, TV show called, and I actually have to say, this is a clever name for a TV show Make It, Bake It, Cake It. And she's kind of freaking out because bakeries that are featured on the show, then, you know do all of these sales and everything. And she really wants to expand and have another bakery. So they're on the phone and everything. And she's like, oh, someone's at the door. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I should probably let you go. Have a good night and I'll see you tomorrow. 
this man ordered her food from the Chinese place without her knowing how to deliver it to her house. And then, like, while she's waiting for it, he's like, oh, you know, like, this FaceTime and all of this, and I'll distract you from being hungry. And this woman, Maggie, Rachel Boston's character, wasn't immediately like, oh, my God, that's the sweetest freaking thing. And just realizes that he's a great guy. No, no. She goes on this weird date with Casey Manderson, a.k.a. the brother from A December Bride. I love Casey in every role. Like, he played this role so well, but it's like he's very, like, neurodivergent. And, um, which is fine, but, like, it's just, it's such a weird date. And she agrees to go on a second date. And I'm like, Maggie, what are you doing right now? Hello? Michael is right there. He's right there. What are you doing? So, meanwhile, her daughter, Emma, goes out on the date with Zach. It's, you know, it's a teenage date. It's very awkward. They're not talking at all and everything. And Emma, meanwhile, is really hitting it off with her science lab partner that she did not want to be paired with um john played by riley davis he's such a cutie like he's just a cute little kid um oh does he like a oh no i thought but then oh my gosh does he actually play hockey no he was just playing a hockey person in something um he, he's just he was cute i was like oh that's adorable and uh and he's like, everyone calls him the new kid. He's like, why do you keep calling me the new kid? You've known me since seventh grade or whatever. So um, like, and he goes to him at one point. He's like, why do you like him? Like, he's not nice to you. You guys don't have anything in common. And she's like, because he's popular, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Maggie had talked to Emma about like, hey, we don't ever, without really knowing anything going on about this, she's like, hey, um, you know, but we don't make ourselves smaller to make them feel more more comfortable. And I love, I love that. I think that's a conversation that every mother should have with her daughter, especially now because the bar is literally in hell. And we need to raise these expectations in women so that the men have to raise their expectations. And I don't care. This should be something that they just grow up with because you shouldn't diminish yourself to make a boy, no matter the age or a man, feel more comfortable to be around you. Because if he's not comfortable to be around you, then you know what? You guys aren't supposed to be around each other and that's fine. But don't diminish yourself or change yourself or try to be less you to fit in with someone else, whether that be a man or a woman. That's just a general practice. And men shouldn't do that either. Like, to be fair, like, all children should just learn that. Anyway, I digress. And so this whole time, like, I'm just, I'm like, what is going on? Like, Emma, child, why, why do you even care about Zach? He's not cool. And though, I mean, like, he is cool, but like, he's lame and he doesn't want to do anything with you anyway. And, you know, like this kid, he's so cute and he obviously likes you and everything. So anyway, he, he ends up coming over and he asks her to homecoming and, um, and she's like, yes, of course, I'll go with you. It was so sweet. And then he gets roped into watching the Make It, Bake It, Cake It episode. And then Michael ends up showing up when it's done. And then he's like, oh, yeah, can I talk to you for a minute? And she's like, yeah. Um, so then he's like, it's a, he's like, well, I got you something. I was like, oh, my gosh. And she, he opens up, it's a barometer. And, she's, and even I was like, a barometer? Like, okay, I'm going to need you to explain. He's like, I don't want to be your barometer of, you know, like, what makes a guy good or not. Like, I want to be that guy for you. Like, I want to date you. And, you know, like, weirdly enough, I want to be your date to your ex-husband's wedding. Like, <laughs> and uh, she's like, you do? And he's like, yes, I do. And yeah, like, I, I enjoyed this movie. Again, there wasn't this big 
like blow up drama or anything between anyone. But the whole time I was just like, what is going on? Because I'm like, bro, legitimately, if this were me, like, and if my friends weren't constantly telling me, like, what are, why are you going out with these complete duds when you've got this man over here who orders you food, sends it to your house? Like, what? Um, I would be mad at my friends when I do finally figure it out. That's all I'm saying. So gave this a four and a half. Also really enjoyed it. Okay, jumping now over to a fall movie. This is the only fall movie that I know of. Pumpkin Everything starred Taylor Cole, Corey Sevier, and Michael Ironside. Okay, I remember, I think this was like the last one before Christmas movies kicked off. And I was super excited because it actually was fall themed. Because even though technically Hallmark kept fall harvest. Thank God. I don't know what else. They, I guess they could say like falling for love. I mean, let's not get over the fact that they changed love ever afters to love you, Ari. I know. I hate it every time I say it. Um, They kept fall harvest. A lot of the movies anymore are not fall themed. And I, again, I also understand that it you know, you can only do so many kind of like fall-ish movies in a way. But remember a couple of years ago, they did one and it was like South Beach Love or something like that. I'm like, what the heck does this have to do with fall? Like what? There's nothing. There's, it was literally about planning a girl's quinceanera. Like there's absolutely nothing about this that says fall. <laughs> this should have been in summer nights. Like genuinely, what is going on here? So I remember seeing this one, seeing the preview for it, and I was like, oh, thank God. Like, maybe it's going to be like Pumpkin Pie Wars or whatever. Like, we, it's actually going to be a fall movie. This one I'm going to give a three and a half for two reasons. Because honestly, this is more, like, it's it's really a three, but there are two things that make it a three and a half, like almost four territory. Uh, so this reads, Amy is a novelist who returns to her hometown to look after her stubborn grandfather, Tom, and his pumpkin-themed store. While there, she crosses paths with a man from her past. So Taylor is Amy, Corey is Kit. And during this movie, so like she had left... Her grandfather really wasn't very supportive of her novel. She, she writes like vampire YA books, whatever, I think. I mean, it's vampire books, but I, I'm pretty sure it's like YA books. And um, so she kind of packed up and left and left Kit because he had kind of really iced her out after his mother had passed away. So she's really felt guilty about this for a long time, like, you know, since she left. And so at one point she apologizes to him and she's like, you know, I really... I shouldn't have left the way that I did. Like, I should have said goodbye, blah, 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 blah. And he tells her, like, hey, I'm not mad. Like, honestly, I, I did it to myself. Like, I iced you out and that's on me and I'm not mad at you. Like, I, I, I completely understand. And he says this. And I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, one of the best lines ever written in Hallmark movie. He says, <laughs> I had it and then it messed up on here. He says, yes, I missed you, but I never expected you to fix me. Guys, this was said 40 minutes in. 40 minutes in. Yes. I, I And the way he delivered, he's like, yes, I missed you, but I never expected you to fix me. 
round of applause round of applause for whoever wrote that line because women we are no longer free therapists for men we are not here to fix the men we need men to go to therapy and do the work themselves i've said this numerous times on various podcasts also in my instagram stories all the time like thank you so much like yes i missed you but i never expected you to fix me oh oh my god like that i was like oh. <laughs> um the grandfather played by Michael Ironside, Tom, really reminded me of my grandpa, like also very stubborn and all of this. It's not that the movie was bad. It just, there's, there was just something. And again, it's one of those things that I'm, I, I don't even really know what that something is. It just felt to me like there was something missing. Um, then the other line was said, uh, because then she's talking to her mom later. I mean, after Corey says this bombshell line, oh, Kit, sorry. And she's talking to her mom and she's still kind of bringing up the past. And her mom says, you get to decide which parts of your past you keep and you can always change your mind. I just think that needs to be tattooed on my brain. Like, I just, I think I need to make that a wall sign that I wake up and I look at every day. That just is a reminder for a lot of people that a lot of people need to say, you get to decide which parts of your past you keep and you can always change your mind. Love. Obsessed. Like, those two lines we're really hovering between the three and a half and a four stage because a three to me, typical movie, nothing overly bad, nothing really great about it. A four is like a solid movie, but there's just something missing. Maybe, so maybe it is more of a four than a three and a half. Um, but like I did find myself, that was on day four of the whole neck thing. And so I was actually able to <laughs> move a lot more and do a lot more things uh with less pain and so like I was doing the dishes while I was doing it and I was fi finishing a cross stitch and all of this so I just wasn't as engaged so I guess that's where it falls more with the three and a half range but those two lines like were oh more of those lines in Hallmark movies uh the other thing this movie also did not have the drama all of that, like, she even tells Kit at one point, because, like, at the end, he's like, are you just leaving again? Like, you're never going to come back. And she's like, you scare me. Like, this idea scares me. And I just feel like that's very real. Like, that's an understandable point to be at. And so she does end up coming back um, because, like, during her book tour, and finds out that, you know, the book's been bought up by her grandfather and her grandfather has given the store, sold the store, whatever, uh, to Kit so that Kit can carry it on and so that he can move into this assisted living facility. And yeah, like she and Kit obviously end up together. But um, again, like this, it actually surprised me more or like... Or maybe it went just like pretty much how I expected it to go. But it's like those two lines. Oh, my, I can't. I cannot. I will keep replaying that line forever. Like, yes, I missed you. But I never expected you to fix me. 
men, if men watched more Hallmark movies, read more romance books, and went to therapy, we'd all be in a better place. Truly. Okay, rounding out the nine movies, even though this was not the last one that I watched, Love in the Limelight with Carlos and Alexa Pinavega. <laughs> I was just looking through. I was like, which one haven't I talked about? I'm at eight. Um, This is the one that I liked the least. Now, I'm still going to give it a three and a half, which I gave to, what I get? Pumpkin Everything and one other one. But the general consensus, I don't understand it, is that Carlos and Alexa have great chemistry when they're playing with anyone but themselves on TV. And they're married in real life. So it just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. Alexa has this great chemistry when she's with other people. Now, here's the thing, though. Carlos is, like, never in movies that she is not his co-star. But Alexa will do movies by herself without Carlos. Now, to be fair... Most of the time, I'm thinking, I want. I wanted to be sure I was right on this. At least two times when it has not been Carlos, the men have been gay because she played with Luke McFarlane and Jonathan Bennett. So, again, it feels a little Candace Cameron Bure effect um, because they are very devout Christians, which is fine. Um, it feels a little suspect to me, though, that like, she can do these movies, I guess, with gay men, whatever, and it's not a big deal. But Carlos, like, I'm sorry. You cannot do a movie with a straight woman unless it's Alexa. Um, I give it a three and a half because Yvonne Call, a.k.a. Alba, a.k.a. Abuela, in both of the movies, or here and in Jane the Virgin. Yes, Alba, Jane the Virgin is in this movie and she saves the day. I love this woman. I love and miss my grandma dearly. I wish this woman was my abuela. I really do. She's like, let's never forget. Never forget. And I know we're going to get back into Jane the Virgin here soon. Like I have to. I have to get back into Jane the Virgin. Um, Let's never forget when she's like, wouldn't you want to be with the baby's father? I mean, look at the man. Have you seen the man? And they're like, mommy, abuela. She's like, what? I'm old. I'm not blind. Exactly. Team Raph. This woman has, has and always will be in the Team Raphael Solano corner and we stand and we love her for this because Michael is trash. I, I will never move off of this moment in time. Um, anyway, so according to IMDb, because I had to look up Yvonne Call's name because again, Hallmark doesn't tell me this. Um, this is inspired by the real life love story of Willie Ames and wife Winnie Hung. Had no idea. Now, in the app, it says pen pals with Nick for years. Summer is reluctant for her relationship with him to go public when the former boy band singer comes to town for a comeback concert. So, Carlos, if you don't know this, is, was, is, again, because they've, they've reunited, in the band Big Time Rush. Which, I, I don't really know that I've ever really listened to Big Time Rush, but I do know people that are fans of Big Time Rush. Um... Anyway, he, so he is in Big Time Rush. So he is actually a singer IRL. Um, so I love this because he wrote songs. Now, what I hate about this is they only released one of the songs. And it's not the song that I wanted released because there was one that I was like, oh, I really like this. Can't find it anywhere. Why? Why would you do this to me? He wrote three songs for it. Put all three out. You cowards. 
what's going on here, Hallmark? Come on, put the songs out. Um, but it starts off, Summer writes this letter to Nick um, years ago, like when the boy band was very successful. And he picks it out, literally out of just a pile. And he's like, look at this. He calls her up. She's like, yeah, ha ha, very funny. Hangs up the phone. <laughs> like, wait, what? Uh, I mean, could you, could you imagine? For me, it would have been Josh Hartnett. Not that I ever wrote him any letters, but like growing up, I was obsessed with Josh Hartnett after Pearl Harbor. Um, me picturing teen Sarah getting a phone call and be like, hi, it's Josh Hartnett. I too would probably hang up the phone and be like, ha ha, very funny. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I would believe that. So, uh, so they strike up this friendship. They call, they text, they email, all of this years and years and years. Well, do they call? They definitely text and they definitely email. Maybe I'm making up the calling though. I think they call though. Uh, for all of these years, the boy band's kind of gone by the wayside at this point. Nick is kind of floundering a bit when he gets this gig in Salt Lake City, which happens to be where Summer lives. So he it shows up and she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, um, He's like, well, I'm here. I thought we could hang out. Like, when can we hang out again? All of this. And she's like, I just really don't know. You know, like, I've never told anyone that we're friends. And he did that on purpose. Like, I'm not here to be a public figure. And that's fair. That's fair. So they hang out anyway. And I mean, it's inevitable. They have this kiss, which was cute. And then he ends up going with her to her abuela's birthday party. And like beforehand, she's, you know, very like parent trap trying to teach him like, you know, what to say and what not to say. And then he just kind of really screws the whole thing up, does everything ba backwards. And, um, and then it gets leaked and then she's like, I just, I can't do this. Like, I don't want a public life, blah, blah, blah. I think you should go back to LA because he is just considering moving to Salt Lake City. And um, how does he win her back over again? Well, Abuela tells her basically like, hey, you're in love with him. Um, yeah. And then they just, they kind of end up together and they sing a song at the end. I kind of forget how they get back together. Um, but again, the plus sides to this, what makes it a three and a half? One, Abuela. Number one. Uh, two, the drama felt legitimate. Like that moment where she, she's just like, I can't do it. Like, I don't want a public life. I don't want people hounding me and I don't want my picture in the press and everything. That's That felt legitimate. I can understand that. And it didn't feel um, gratuitous to me. Three, um, love the songs. Again, like I said, the, the, the singing was there. Four, I was laughing during the dinner because, I mean, she was like, don't bring up Christmas with my mom. And he's like, oh, I bet it's great at Christmas time here. <laughs> and it's just like all, all over the place. Um, what was my point five? There was a point five. Oh, his manager, cool woman. So most of the, so, okay. Romance and style, terrible boss. Let me, let me relook here. Welcome to mama's fine. Dating the Delaney's, that was fine. Big Sky River, there were no bosses in there. Splash of Love, Splash of Love was fine. They were just kind of like, yeah, we can't really extend this. Like, you've got to get it in for the grand stuff, which is fair. Um, Marry Me at Yosemite, cool boss. Pumpkin Everything, the grandpa was the boss. And her publicist, also good. So out of the nine movies, there's only one 
person where it's a terrible boss. Because I, I really do get kind of tired of like always having a terrible boss because normally the bosses are women. And I just, I hate that aspect for women in general. Um, and I think that's mostly because I grew up with my mom who was a single mother, but also was the boss for many years working for the government. And she never once, like she taught me at a very early age that you don't have to be mean to be impactful as a boss, as a woman. She's like, you don't have to act like a man and you don't have to be a witch with a B. I'll say that because I try not to cuss when I'm talking specifically Hallmark movies because we keep it family friendly when we're talking Hallmark movies. Uh, And so I get that. Like my mom gets frustrated by that storyline where it's like these women bosses are just terrible. So the manager, because at first she's like, oh, we should make this story public and everything. And he and he kind of floats the idea to Summer. And Summer's like, no. So, like, what, that's all I was to you was, you know, getting your image back? Like, that's not why I've been friends with you for so long and you're not the person that I thought you were. And that, too, fair. That was, like, halfway through the movie. And he's like, no, wait, like, I completely worded all of this wrong. And, you know, that's not that that's not why I reached out to you. That's not why I've been hanging out with you. I, I really do have a connection with you. All of this. So, um... Again, all of that felt very genuine. But then the manager calls him and he's like, I can't talk right now. And she's like, but, and he hangs up the phone and it was her telling him, like, she wanted to tell him like, hey, somehow they got pictures of you kissing. It's going to be on, you know, in the press columns and everything. And I appreciate that it wasn't like a, oh, I did you a favor. Like I did this to help your image and all that because that's normally how it's spun. So I appreciate that they didn't do that. Um, so it's like a strong three and a half for me. It's just, it's just such weird chemistry between the two of them as a married couple. I can't, I can't really explain. But if you watch the movie, like this is not just a me thing. Every time we talk about it, every time it gets brought up on TikTok, everyone agrees. They have great chemistry when they're not together. And it's really baffling for all of us all the time because it's, it's kind of like they don't want people to know that they're married or whatever. Or like they don't want to have too much chemistry in the movie because they're married. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I, the chemistry wasn't terrible. It just also at times was just kind of like, but you guys are married in real life. And like I get that you're not married in this movie, but I just feel like I should be feeling it a little bit more here. So... Yeah, but overall, strong three and a half, though. And that is it. That's all my thoughts on the nine movies so far that I have caught up with. I think when I started the podcast, I said that it was 10, but it was nine because the 10th movie was the actual this week's movie from 2023, Love You, Wary, uh, which also had Alexa Penavega in it, but not Carlos. And I loved the movie. I loved A Paris Proposal. We're going to talk about that in the February wrap-up, though. Not here. Now, I was going to see... Let's see if it'll pull up without stopping the recording here. Okay, we're good. Um, I like Because I have some... All right, nothing else is popping up yet. Um, I've made this, like, list of movies that I found coming up on the Friendly TV app uh, that from 2022 that I haven't watched yet. So 
Um, well, Unthinkably Good Things, which is on Movies and Mysteries, that one is up right now. Uh, but what? Hidden, hidden Gems? Hidden Treasure? Whatever? Hit, hidden something or other. Um, that one will be coming on soon that I'm recording. Shoot. I, I cannot think in my head. I Because I just put them... Oh, you know what? I put them on my list here. Oh, let's see. First of all, this should have gone in love in the limelight here. But um, the comments about this uh, from Love in the Limelight on the app. Guilty Pleasure. I really liked it. Pinavega fans. Why did I wait so long? Also cute. Wonderful movie. Why always together? Blah, not my favorite. More movies with cultures. It was okay, but also not. Loved it. Really cute movie. I wanted to love this. Cute. Love in the lame light. <laughs> love the actors. The movie was less than fair. Hope you and yours enjoy it. Miss their silly mystery movies. Okay. Yes, loved it the best. Culture and heart chemistry. Painful and not in the tug at your heartstrings kind of way. Um, yeah, like, so... Mostly positive. It was 170 comments on there. Uh, mostly positive, but yeah, also, it's it's the chemistry thing with them. I just, I really don't get it. Anyway, um, all right, I'm back on the checklist app here. Want to watch. There we go. Uh, okay, Hidden Gems. 14 Lovelers. Guys, 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 who was going to tell me? None of you told me that Franco Lopresti was in a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movie last year called 14 Love Letters, which will be on Friday, February 24th on HMM at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This says, after historic love letters start anonymously appearing in Callie Sharp's mailbox, the hobby farmer searches for her secret admirer and opens herself up to love. I cannot wait just because I love Franco. Uh, Color My World with Love that had been airs in Erica Durant's, uh, which features two actors with Down Syndrome. Can't wait to watch that one. That's going to be on Saturday, February 25th at 5 p.m. If you haven't watched it before on HMM. Um, Hidden Gems, February 24th at noon. Uh, regular Hallmark. Love's Portrait. This was an HMM movie that I do not recall ever seeing anything about. And I don't know either of the people acting in it. Uh, Rip in Time. On next March 1st, that was HMM with Tori DeVito and Niall Mater. You know, I gotta be honest, there's not like a lot of Niall Mater movies that I enjoy, which is weird. Uh, Warming Up to You, that was a 2022 movie with Cindy Busby and Christopher Russell, along with a few others. I don't, I don't remember that one being talked about at all. But that's not their first movie that they've done together either. Um, that's it. Those are the ones. One, two, three, four, five. That's another six movies from 2022 that I will be catching up on soon. We'll do another, uh, like recap review podcast on those once I watch those. But, um, yeah. Anyway, that was nine movies that I didn't watch last year that now I feel like I'm in a good headspace to watch and talk about. And yeah, basically though, still just coming down to the fact that like Hallmark, what are we doing? What are we doing? Come on, yeah, like, let's just say, even though this is going to be talked about in the February wrap up, the Paris proposal, um, one, the very first movie of the year, Dog Lover's Guide to Dating, uh, the sister's name was Sarah, and then in a Paris proposal, uh, Alexa's character just happens to randomly be from Ohio, 
And then she meets someone from Columbus, Ohio while in Paris. Like, hello. Come on. And she's like, oh, I'm from Cincinnati. This is this is intentional. This is intentional, Hallmark. Just reach out. Like, look, here I am. I'm on better terms with you. Um, come on. You know you want to. You know you want to. Anyway, until next time, remember, there are no bad hair days. You can catch all the latest reviews on TikTok as well as Instagram on my stories both. You can find those Sockman Studios. I will see you guys next time.